Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I do hope that you all had a great holiday, great time together with family and friends and whatever you did. And I'm glad that you're back in the house of God. You know, we're entering into a time of year. You know, December, you know, obviously when we think of December, we think of Christmas. There's a lot of happiness surrounding it. There's a lot of joy surrounding it. But, uh, you know, I've said this in the past several years that for a lot of people, December is actually a very depressing time of the year. It's the end of the year. Uh, you know, we begin to do a lot of reflecting, begin to do, a, let's take a look at 2014. What, what have we accomplished? What were the goals that we set? And, and what have we achieved? You know, but, uh, and, and I even think that for some people, the shopping and the joy and the, and, and the, the giving away of something to families and friends and doing all the gifts and all that kind of stuff, that they're hiding something, they're covering something up. And this isn't everybody, this isn't a blanket statement, but, uh, but it, it is statistically known that, you know, depression heightens this time of year. There's a lot of suicides that take place this time of year. And, and I want to help us today finish strong. I want to help us today finish strong. We're about to enter into the last 31 days of 2014. You may look back and you may not be super excited about all that's taken place this year. For some of you, you may be. Some of you may have grown. Some of you may have seen changes in your life. Some of those goals that you set in January, you didn't quit by January 31st. You're still going with it. You're still doing it. You're still doing all those things. But uh, I, I want to continue to help us have a finish mentality. I believe that the Word of God says more about how you finish something than how you start it. I believe that Paul and Jesus, uh, uh, David, I believe that these men of faith had a lot to say with how you end something more than how you just begin something. Um, And, you know, you've heard me make the statement, my pastor said this all the time, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Several years ago, um, seven years ago, as a matter of fact, 2007, uh, was one of the greatest seasons any NFL franchise team has ever seen. The New England Patriots uh, just got off to a hot start. Uh, they made some really good moves at the beginning of the year. Uh, it didn't have that really that great of a start because uh, they were uh, being... Um, uh, accused of recording other teams' practices, but they pushed it all aside and they started and they ended up going 18 and 0 that year, undefeated. Tom Brady uh, had a uh, touchdown record. Randy Moss had a touchdown record. Wes Welker set a record for most receptions within a season. I mean, it's just a phenomenal year. They, they, nobody could beat them. Nobody could take them down. They just had uh, a, a blowout. Season And so they obviously they get into the postseason, they blow out the Jaguars, they get past uh, the strong rival that they thought they were going to run into with the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. And they had to face another Manning in the Super Bowl. And the Giants came in as a complete uh, underdog. Uh, we're not expected to win this game at all. This was it. This was going to be the first team. Uh, they had actually they were the first team in any sport, football basketball, uh, hockey, and 
uh, baseball to start a season winning 18 games in a row. No other team had in any other sport ever done that. 18 games straight. And so they come into this Super Bowl game with the uh, New York Giants. And uh, again, the complete favorites. Giants were the, the underdogs, not expected to be able to win, uh, not even expected to hold a candle to these guys. And they won. Some of you may remember that season. I'm not looking over here because I got a big Manning fan on this side, a non Tom Brady fan, but that's all right. They still had a great season. But what am I, what's the point I'm making? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And a team that hadn't even tasted defeat, hadn't even tasted a loss, lost when it counted, lost when it really mattered. And the ones holding the trophy at the end of the season was another team that didn't even belong there. Another team that had lost uh, the first five games out of their beginning of the season and they just got hot at the right time. And in a lot of sports, uh, you see that happen, especially in baseball. This happens because baseball is such a long season. You know, 162 games, it's lasting from February all the way into October, sometimes November. Uh, It's such a long season, and it's the team that gets hot at the end that wins. I remember in 2001, there was a team that won the most games anybody has ever won in, in a season. The Mariners came in, won, I think, at least 115 of 162 games. That's a lot of games. That's quite a record. But they didn't even make it past the first round in the playoffs. Why? Because when you burn out at the wrong time, you lose. And guys, I want to talk to us about finishing strong this morning. I don't want to see us burn out at the wrong time. I don't want to see us uh, wither away, fall away from running the race strong. And I like this book, Second Timothy, because Paul, a pastor and an apostle, is... Passing a legacy. How many of you know we need to be leaving a legacy? Most people are generational thinkers. And they never think beyond their generation. We only think about our lifespan. Well, your lifespan is very minute in, in, in the, the great span of time. Our 70 to 90 years, which is the approximate length that people last on this earth, uh, that is a very small sliver of time compared to a lifetime, compared to the entire universe. Compared, and life is going on beyond us, guys. You know, we, we, we hear today that Jesus is closer to coming today, and that's a true statement because we're closer than we've ever been, right? Next Sunday when we come together, we'll be that much closer. I mean, we are the closest anybody has ever been. But we've been hearing this for a long time. And we've got to be leaving something behind us. Miles Monroe made this statement. He said, uh, don't end your life old, end your life empty. Don't die old, die empty. Die having giving everything away that you could possibly give away. We've got to be leaving something behind. That's why we have children. But here in 2 Timothy chapter Three, or really the whole book of Second Timothy, Paul is getting ready to pass on and he is sending something down to a young man named Timothy. 
It's believed that at this time, Timothy was in his late teen years. And Paul is setting him up to take over the church at Ephesus, the largest church at the time, over 100,000 people in this church. And so you've got somebody that's getting ready to go out who is leaving something behind for somebody that's getting ready to step in. And so Paul opens up here. He talks a lot about how do you make it? How do you make it? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 10, he says this, But you have carefully followed, look what he says, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, patience, or uh, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. You have carefully followed the doctrine, the manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and at Lystra. If you go over to the book of Acts and you see what took place at those places, that was enough to make anybody quit. This is where he was stoned to death, dragged out outside the city and left to be dead. They thought that was it. And he gets back up, goes back into the town and continues preaching and continues preaching in other cities. He didn't just preach where it was accepted. He preached where no one cared to hear what he had to say. Paul didn't just seek out the easy places. He went for the places where people were trying to push him out. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now this is what he's telling somebody that's getting ready to go into the ministry. I mean, if you want to stick around, if you want to make it through, Paul's just going ahead and letting you know, this is a rough road, this is a long road that you're getting ready to go down. And he doesn't say here, anybody that wants to be a pastor, anybody that wants to start a church, anyone that wants to go into traveling ministry, he's saying anybody that wants to live godly, if you want to live godly, persecutions are going to arise. If you want to live for Jesus... If you want to live in the kingdom, you're going to be in a world that's contrary to the kingdom and is going to be trying to push you out while you're trying to push yourself in. He's just letting them know up front. Verse 13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. He doesn't say it's getting better. He says it's getting worse. He's saying, Timothy, you're going to have it worse than I had it. Deceiving and being deceived. That's one of the hardest things to preach against is deception. Because a deceived person doesn't realize they're deceived. That's the toughest thing. It's, it's, you know, a, a preaching to someone that doesn't know and has never heard it before, that's easy compared to people that think they know something, think they've heard something, and are not willing to learn and be teachable and grow. Because de- deceived people... Don't realize they're deceived. But look what he says in verse 14. But you must continue. Everyone say continue. You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing 
from whom you have learned them. But you must continue, he says. And this is the word today that I want to focus on. Continue. What got you in is what will get you through. The way you started is how we finish. We have to continue. Continue. Joshua chapter 1. We, we've seen this before. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. Joshua was told by God, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. That you may prosper wherever you go. He's not just telling them how to get started. He's telling them how to get through. He's not just telling them how to to get up and running in this thing. He's talking to Joshua before he ever faced Jericho. He's talking to Joshua before he ever faced the Hittites and the the uh, all the uh, the Canaanites and everyone that was in the land that they were going to come against. He says you got to be you got to be courageous. He goes on. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means we can get to a point where it's no longer in our mouth, where we don't continue speaking it anymore. But you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That day and night doesn't literally mean all day and all night. You've got to wake up in the middle of the night and be in the Word. No, day and night is referring to when it's good and when it's bad. When the light's on and when it gets a little dark. What do you got to do? You got to be in the Word. How you got in this thing is how we get through this thing, is what he's saying. And he goes on. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The way. The way. The path. The path. Last year at our Kingdom Institute graduation down in St. Augustine, Florida, we had a a guest minister come in and speak to the students. Reverend Doug Jones, he'll be coming here eventually. He is the RMAI director for all Rhema churches across around the whole world. And so he sees people get in. But he doesn't see everybody get through. He sees a lot get in. And, 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 and when I was get preparing for this message, there was so much of me that was saying, God, I don't know if I can preach this because, you know, there's some parts in me that's like, am I going to make it through sometimes? Because in ministry, we see this so often. And when, and when I go to conferences and when I go to leadership trainings uh, and, and, and get around other pastors, there's so much discussion about burnout. There's so much discussion about how do we make it through the hard times. And a lot of people were excited and rejoicing when they got in. But a few years down the road, they're not so excited anymore. They're not so passionate anymore. And the thing that I'm beginning to find, not just in ministry, but in life, is you aren't passionate automatically. It doesn't just happen by accident. It doesn't just happen, well, I just happen to be more passionate than most people. I've also found that everybody comes across a point in their life where they have an opportunity to quit. 
See, a lot of times we look at successful people and we just automatically determine in our minds that they just had it easier than the rest of us. We look at people that are wealthy. We look at people that have great businesses. We look at people that have uh, reached a peak that we look at and say, man, they're doing it. And it could be in your field. It could be people in your career environment. It could be people in your family. For me, you know, I'll look at other pastors and it's like, man, they look at what they've done. And now today we see pastors reaching a peak that it took pastors in the Latin you know, in the 90s and the 80s, it took them 25, 30 years to get to that level. It took them 25, 30 years of pressing and pushing and persevering and enduring to get 5,000 5, people. And now we've got people six years in the ministry got 10,000 strong. Things are happening quicker. But we just think in our minds that they're just one of those people that it just came to them easier but we don't realize we don't see all the hard work i I heard one minister put it this way we are basing our lives on their highlight reels we're comparing our behind the scenes to their highlight reels because we don't see their behind the scenes when you see a movie in theaters and you see the product that is placed up there you don't realize it took them two to three years to get that thing to that point when they walk the red carpet and they go to that premiere and they're showing the movie for the first time, they are there because they know all the hard work that went into it. Some of these movies that have, uh, you know, uh, these actors where they had to work out and, and get fit and maintain a certain level of fitness. You don't realize that they were in the gym. I mean, you know, some of these health magazines I read and you find out, you know, Hugh Jackman is working out five hours a day, seven days a week. I'm good to make it one hour, three times a week. Some of them will work out in the mornings and they'll go back at night every single day. We don't realize the work that's going in. To what they're producing. And they all had an opportunity to quit. They all had an opportunity to sell themselves short. How do we finish strong? Back to what I was saying, Doug Jones, he made this statement to the students. He said, the path is well worn at the starting line. But it's not so worn at the finish line. The path is well-worn at the starting line. Everybody's lining up at the starting line. But the finish line is not as worn as the starting line. We have people that are starting that aren't finishing. We have people that are getting into something but not getting through something. And this is in every area. For me in ministry, you know, it, it it hits home for me. And that's who he was speaking that to was people that are looking at going into ministry. Guys, we have to be people regardless of what our ministry is. We got to be people that finish. The world is looking to us. The world is looking to us. And I've just come to find out that we don't finish on accident. Finishing is not automatic. Finishing takes work. Finishing requires us to get through something, not just get in something. Finishing requires us to see an end when we can't see an end. 
We have to picture a finish line when we're so far away from the finish line, we don't think we can ever make it. Trials and tribulations and persecutions come to all of us. Paul is talking here to Timothy and he's saying, you saw me. You saw everything. You have seen my life. You've seen everything that I've been through. But here I am at the finish line. Because when you get over to chapter 4, he goes ahead and lets you know, look, I've reached it. My life has been poured out as a drink offering. How do we get to that point? How you finish will always override how you start. How you finish will always override how you start. You will not be remembered for starting something. Again, going back to sports, I mean, you think about how many teams get started. I mean, you just take baseball, there's 30 teams. 30 teams enter spring training. 30 teams go in with the same mindset, same mentality, World Series. That's all that's on their mind. 30 teams get in it, but only one wins. Only one wins. And there's so many times. And and you know how excited you are when you start something. You started the business. You started the book. You started the ministry. You you started the career. You you started going down the path. But how how much excitement and how much rejoicing quickly wanes once we realize the pressures that come as a result of being in this thing. And we're not judged... On how we do at the start. We're judged how we are in pressure. Pressure. I've just come to realize you don't know anybody until you see them in pressure. And I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself. How do we handle pressure? Because pressure is coming. Joshua chapter, or I'm sorry, John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you. Jesus is speaking. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. What's tribulation? Pressure. He doesn't say maybe. He doesn't say probably. He doesn't say it might. He says you will. You will. You will have pressure. But he says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. We saw this a couple weeks ago. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. We can all hear for the first time with joy. Rejoicing always happens at the beginning. It's amazing the outlook on life that we have when we get started. It's amazing the outlook that we have. Why? Because you have great vision. And the vision can carry on as long as there isn't any opposition. Well, you had, a, you had a vision for that business. You had a vision for that marriage. You had a vision for that family. You had a vision. And 
And the vision gets clouded when opposition shows up. The vision begins to wane. It begins to get smaller. It begins to become less appealing to you because of the resistance that starts talking. Received it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself. Why did Paul tell Timothy, but you must continue in that which you have heard, in that which you have learned? Why did God tell Joshua, be in the word day and night, meditate on it, don't let it depart from your mouth, don't let it leave your mouth, don't stop saying the things you were saying when you got started? You remember those words, we're going to have this, we're going to do this, it's going to look like this, we're going to make this much. Right? And the opposition and the resistance says, no, you're not. What did, what did God tell Joshua? Keep saying it. Keep the word in your mouth. Be strong and very courageous. Yet he had no root in himself and endures only for a while. He endures Only for a while. He started, but he doesn't finish. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, the very thing that you were speaking is the very thing bringing the opposition. You got in this thing and it said, it's going to look like this. And because you said that, it brought something that says, no, it's not. Resistance. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Immediately he stumbles. What did Paul say? He said, I disciplined my body. I'm running a race. I'm running a race. And he says, those that run the race, they compete to win. They compete to win. Well, you don't win if you don't finish. We've got to finish. The Patriots that year in 2007 did not win the trophy because they did not finish what they had started. And they don't automatically get the trophy because they started 18-0. No one said, you know what? You guys are so good, haven't lost the game, set all these records this year. You win. We're, we're hands down. No, the, the, the Giants came in. The Giants showed up. And they took on the task. Because think about it. How awesome would it be to be the team that takes down the team that hasn't lost yet? And who's everybody talking about today? The Giants. Who's holding the trophy today? The Giants. Who has the MVP trophy today? Manning on the Giants. Why? Because you don't talk about losers. You won't be remembered for how you started. If anything, the Patriots are remembered for how they lost because of how well they started. We've got to be finishers. We've got to be people that see this thing through. We've got to be people that don't quit. We've got to be people that make it through the pressure. I like how this reads, Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 in the Amplified. It'll be up on the screen. It says, as for what was sown on thin, rocky soil, this is he who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy. 
yet it has no real root in him, but is temporary. Watch this. Inconstant lasts but a little while. Lasts but a little while. We have to be people that outlast. We have to be people that maintain. And this is the thing I've realized, guys, is that it doesn't happen accidentally. It does not come automatically. We are the ones that have to maintain perseverance. We're the ones that have to be persistent. We're the ones that have to remain passionate. We're the ones that have to remain excited about what we got into, regardless of what it starts to look like. The people that come out on the other end, the people that wear out the finish line as well as the starting line are the ones that maintain something no matter what pressure showed up, no matter what came against them, no matter what resistance began to reveal itself in their lives. They saw an opportunity to push through something. They saw an opportunity to finish Something. They didn't see a problem. They found something that required a solution. Many of us just see problems. Many of us come against resistance and we just see a problem and there's no way around it. But God designed us to find solutions. He created us to find a way through the problem. It says, but last for a little while. And when affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once he is caused to stumble. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey. And he falls away. And Paul talked about these people. Peter talked about these people. Jesus talked about these people. They said many will fall away from the faith. Many will fall away. Many will fall short. Many will not finish. Many will quit. Many will start something. But not be left at the end. And they won't be remembered. You're remembered for finishing. Persecution is promised because of the word. The path of life does not come with ease. The path of life does not come without pressures. But here's the thing, guys. The path doesn't determine if you finish. And people don't determine if you finish. The only one that determines a finisher is the person himself. The path doesn't dictate if you finish. The path may come with struggles. The path may come with opportunities to quit. The path may come with opportunities to not continue to push through with perseverance. But it doesn't determine if you quit. People may come along. They may even try to push you off the path, but nobody can push you off the path. They may push you, but the question is, do you get back up again? They may knock you down. But the question is, is you're not a quitter for falling. You're a quitter for not getting back up. Do we get back up? How do we handle pressure? 
And I've come to realize that you don't really know someone until they've been tested. You don't really know someone until they've endured some pressure. It's amazing how many people will hook up with you and be excited when they get started. You have people say, yeah, I'll come alongside. I'll help you start that business. I'll help you start that. I'll be right there with you. I'll push you through. And the second pressure comes, you begin to realize, okay, we were all excited about this thing in the beginning. But are we going to walk through this thing now? Are we going to see this thing through? Are we going to continue to push no matter what comes against us, no matter what pressure shows? Are we going to bow and say, I guess it wasn't for us. We'll try something else. I've seen a lot of people start a lot of different things. I've seen a lot of people start a lot of different jobs. And they don't finish any of them. I've seen a lot of people start books and they don't finish any of them. I've seen people a lot, a lot of people start businesses and they don't finish. I've seen people start families and they don't finish any of them. We have a dying culture today of quitters. America is breeding quitters. We have dads that decide they don't want to be dads anymore. We have moms that decide they don't want to be moms anymore. We have husbands and wives that decide, I don't want to be a husband and wife anymore. We have pastors that don't want to be pastors. We have leaders that don't want to be leaders. We have employees that don't want to be employees and employers that don't want to be employers. We're all looking for the path of least resistance. And I'll tell you what, if you look hard enough, you'll always find it in the route of quitting. Quitting is the path of least resistance. There's no real, there's no pressure. There's nothing to push through. I'll just quit, and then I'll find a reason to justify. Well, God called me over here. God called me away. God called me to this. God called me to that. God called me to try something different. God called me. We just we just place it on God, man, because you can't question the Holy Spirit, right? The question is, is did we complete the assignment at hand? Did we complete this? When, when someone gets in and pressure starts to show up and they start talking about the next thing, there is an identifier of a quitter. We shouldn't be looking at anything else except for how to overcome this obstacle in front of us. This pressure, this resistance, this opposition. It may be financial. It may be family. It may be time. It may just simply be. This real, this turned out to be more, uh, this turned out to be harder work than I thought it was going to be. This is harder than I thought. That's really why most people don't make it. It, it is, is again, in, in America, we're breeding a culture where we don't work hard for anything. We want it handed to us. We want to stick it in the microwave and get it in 30 seconds. We've lost this hard work mentality. Some things just take hard work. There is no relationship, no relationship that you would accept simply for knowing somebody. Just being a no, just having having an acquaintance. There's nobody in here that's married that would settle, I know them. I know about them. I know of them. You don't accept that with your spouse. You don't accept that with your children. You don't accept that with your parents. You don't even accept that with your employers. Because the more that you get to know each other, the greater the relationship. Doesn't matter what relationship it is. But guys, how many of us accept that with God? 
I know Him. Knowing God takes hard work. It takes hard work to carve out time in your day to spend time in His Word. It takes work. I'm just going to put it bluntly. It takes work. To grow in our relationship with God. To grow as a believer. This is not an easy thing. The kingdom is not for for, uh, quitters. The kingdom is not for whiners. The kingdom is not for those that just are looking for an easy way to heaven or an easy way out. It takes work to maintain this type of lifestyle. It takes work, but it's the maintenance that gets you through and has you finishing at the end. Paul told to me, you saw my life. You saw my devotion. You saw my faith. You saw my purpose. You saw the persecutions that came to my life. You saw it. The test is designed to draw you, to draw out of you everything you know. A test is not designed to cause you to fail. A test is designed to prove what you know. How can we really know that you know something if you're never tested in it? You can talk it up. But how do we really know you got it until it's proven, until the results are given in the test? When pressure comes... These are just some questions to ask. Do we maintain composure? That's a big one, guys. Do we have the same attitude in the middle of pressure that we did when we were rejoicing when we started it? Are we still excited and as passionate about the end result that we saw before we got in, before the resistance showed up? Do we maintain our composure? Do we keep a cool head? Do we stay the course or do we begin to veer and look for another way? Pressure shows up and we start looking for another place to move to, another job to start, another thing to do. Or do we stay, we keep our head on straight and we still look at the end result. I'm going to finish this thing, I'm going to see this thing through no matter what. Do we find a solution or do we see a problem? Do we find a solution? Guys, it does not take a lot of work to find problems. It's easy to be a problem finder. There's plenty of those. God is looking for people that will find solutions. I'm the only saved person at work. Is that a problem? Or can you find a solution? Everybody around me, they just cuss all day long. Is that a problem? Or do we find a solution? This job won't pay me enough money. This job won't promote me. Do we find a solution or do we just look at a problem? Do we go home every day, the five o'clock bell rings, we drive on our way home, we just complain about, it, about what it is, or do we take that time to figure out how am I going to change this tomorrow? How am I going to solve this problem? And finally, we got to ask ourselves, are we going to finish or are we going to quit? Are we going to finish? Are we going to quit? I want to talk about how to finish. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. The path is well worn. I mean, think about all those people, January 1. (laughs) All the resolutions. 
all the food they're not going to eat. All the time they're going to spend in the gym, all the books they're going to read, all the weight they're going to lose, all the money they're going to make, all the time they're going to spend with family, the careers and promotions that they're going to obtain. And here we are at the end of the year, looking back, and did we achieve? Did we finish? Did we obtain? Look, 2015 doesn't have to be like 2014. 2014 didn't have to be like 2013. 2013 didn't have to be like 2012. I mean, we can go on with this cycle. But I want to be like Paul. I don't, I don't look back. I'm looking forward to the prize. To the prize of the high calling. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Guys, the kingdom comes with pressure. The kingdom comes with resistance. Doing what God has placed in your heart, fulfilling the purpose He has given your life, comes with opposition. But this verse tells us that the ones that obtain, the ones that take it, are the ones that fight back just as hard as they're being fought against. That word violent means aggression, means aggressive. And that word is not bad. Aggressive is not bad. Well, he's just too aggressive. There's some times where you got to be aggressive. There's some times you got to take a hold of something. Paul said that when you've done all to stand, stand. Don't do all to stand and then sit. Don't have done all to stand and then squat. Don't have done all to stand and then bow out and fall over and get off the course. No, he says when you've done all to stand, Stand, and that word stand means to outlast. Outlast what? The pressures, the resistance, the opposition, those things that are coming against you to stop you. That means we've got to fight back just as hard as we're being fought against. Guys, there's just some times where the enemy is fighting us harder than we're fighting back. He wants it worse than we do. You know, that's really what it comes down to sometimes. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want that vision to be accomplished in your life? How bad do you want to see a fulfillment of God's plan in your life? How bad do you want to obtain what God has laid on your heart? How bad? And then you just go after it. You take a hold of it and you don't let go. You don't let resistance knock you over. You don't let opposition take you down. You don't let anybody come against the purpose that God has given you. Because the door that he opens, no man can shut. And the doors he closes, no man can reopen. When God sets you on a course, he sees you finishing. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He starts something and he finishes it. He, Abraham said, I know that he is faithful to accomplish that which he has promised. He will provide for what he has promised. The question, guys, is on us. Are we going to stand? Are we going to stick it through? Are we going to finish this thing out? We've got to have some aggression. James chapter 1 verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials because falling isn't quitting. 
Falling isn't failing. Just because you fail doesn't mean it's over. Just because you got knocked back doesn't mean you can't keep moving forward. It's a matter of if we get up or not. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces. The testing produces. Testing produces. Testing produces. Testing produces. The test is actually coming against you and you have an opportunity to produce something you didn't know was there. The testing produces patience. And let patience have its perfect Work. Perfect means complete. Perfect means fulfilled. That doesn't mean halfway. That means all the way. Let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's a finisher. That's a finisher. Perfect. Complete. Lacking nothing. That is someone who finishes. We've got to be finishers. So back over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You really should just take time to read the whole book of 2 Timothy. If, if, if anytime you're feeling down, anytime you're feeling opposition, anytime you're seeing resistance show up, I would recommend get into 2 Timothy 4 and read it. And look at Paul's words admonishing Timothy. To get through. To finish strong. Second Timothy 4 verse 6. This is what we should all be able to say. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. See, when, when it's over, when you see the end drawing near in your assignment, you'll know. God will make it clear. We're getting to the end. We're finishing. The end is coming. I know ministers today that live their life on purpose for God so, uh, so purposefully that they knew when the end was coming. They knew when their assignment was being lifted. They knew. Jesus knew. They couldn't touch Jesus until his assignment was over. And he knew it. But he knew when his time was coming. And I know other men, just like Jesus, and just like Paul, that knew the time is coming. The end is near for my assignment, whether in the earth or in this particular assignment. And they could say these words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. See... A lot of us are real good at getting in the faith. But can we keep the faith? That means that there's something that's coming against what you believe. Faith is a belief. Faith is your belief system. Something's coming to take away what you believe in, which means you have to keep it. Hold on to it. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. 
This isn't something that was just laid up for Paul. The ability to know when the end is coming. The ability to look back and see that your assignment has been accomplished and to say, I have kept the faith. I have run on. I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. See, some of us are fighting a bad fight. Some of us are fighting a fight we're not supposed to fight. But he says, I have fought the good fight. There is a good fight. Skip on down to verse 17. Why was he able to look like this? Why was he able to say these words? Why was he able to be so accomplished in his assignment? Look at what verse 17 says. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully. Not half, not some, not most of it, all of it. That the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear as I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. You know why Paul was able to finish his race? You know why he was able to wear out the path at the end and not just at the beginning? Because he knew that the Lord is fighting with me. God is on my side. He's going before me. He stands behind me with his Holy Spirit inside of me. I can know when my time has come. I can know when to get back up. I can know when to continue to persevere. There is nothing that can stop me. There's no resistance or opposition that will get me down. I will see the end of the thing that I've started. God is about completion. God is about finishing stuff. When Jesus died on the cross, his last words were, It is finished. Not it is started. Not, at, not it is halfway over. It is finished. Jesus was able to give up his life knowing that what he came to do was completed. It wasn't how he started. It was how he finished. For Paul, it wasn't how he started. It was how he finished. Peter, it wasn't how he started. Look, some of us didn't even have great starts. But it's not the start that defines you. It's not the start that, that defines you. Going back to the Patriots, the, the Giants that year, they did not have a great start. They had a losing record by the half mark, halfway mark of their season. But ended up blowing out the last end of the season. Got hot, blew through the playoffs. And took down a team that they should have never beat. Guys, we've got to get away from our past, whether we started good or whether we started weak. It doesn't matter how you started. I want to show you today. It doesn't matter what January looked like. It doesn't matter what February looked like. It doesn't matter what March looked like. It doesn't matter what May, uh, April and May and June. It doesn't matter what happened in July. It doesn't matter if things started to, to trend downward in August and September. Maybe things start, didn't, started not looking so hot in October and November. We are in December. We're going to finish this 
this thing out strong. It doesn't matter what the enemy's brought against you. It doesn't matter what showed up in the beginning, what showed up halfway, or what's showing up now. It's time to finish that which we started. We're not going to be quitters. We're not going to put our hands down, sit down, and cry. We are going to find a way to finish strong. Get back in the Word. Some of you started the year in a Bible reading plan with the rest of us. And maybe you didn't finish that thing out so strong. Get back in it. Give 31 days of not missing the Word. Some of you said, I'm going to wake up every morning at this time and I'm going to pray and spend time with my Heavenly Father. Maybe that waned by April. Maybe we're not doing so well here in November. But give Him the next 31 days. It's not over. It's not over until you say it's over. It's not over. Guys, we can pick up right where we're at. That's the thing I love about God. We're the ones that have to deal with the past. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't just forgive. He forgives and he forgets. To God, this is day one. To God, this is January one. To God, this is where we start. To God, the the slate is clean. Your starting line is drawn. Let's wear out the starting line and let's make it to the end and wear it out too. Let's wear it out at the end. Let's wear out the end. Let's cross that finish line. And let's wear out the sand. Let's wear out the grass. Let's wear out the dust down there. Just like we wore it out up here. And with the same passion. The same excitement. The same vigor. The the same vision that God gave you at the beginning. We need to have that same vision at the end. We've got to keep our eyes on him. Paul said, it was the Lord that delivered me. He said, I didn't do this on my own. I didn't do this because I'm just more passionate than you. I didn't do this because I have more money than you. I didn't do this because I have more strength than you. I did this only by the grace of God. Because he stood with me. He fought for me. And all I had to do was just get back up. Every time I got knocked down, I got back up. I didn't let anything stop me. I didn't let anything push me back. Sure, the pressures came. Sure, the tribulations showed up. Sure, the persecutions arose. But it did not stop me from achieving the purpose God had for my life. We have got to be finishers. We've got to be finishers in our marriages. We've got to be finishers in our homes. We've got to be finishers in our businesses. We've got to be finishers in our assignments. Maintain the passion. Have a resolve within you that I'm not being slowed down. Have a resolve within you that I will see the end. You know, this is something that God will find somebody to finish what He starts with you, even if you can. Joshua finished what Moses should have finished. 
Where did Moses miss it? Joshua 1.8. Be in my word. In my word. In my word. Where did Moses miss it? In his word. Why? He told him to speak to the rock. Yeah, I told you to hit it last time. But now you're just operating out of frustration, not out of obedience. If we've gotten out of the word, guys, God will find someone else to finish what he started with you. Because the purpose is that important. The purpose is that important. The assignment, it's not about you. It's about the assignment. It's about the result that he wants to accomplish through you. But if he can't get it through you, he'll get it through somebody else. So you might as well just go ahead and finish the assignment. We might as well just go ahead and set ourselves, I'm going to be the man that God uses. I'm going to be the woman that God uses. I'm going to be the husband. I'm going to be the wife. I'm going to be the father. I'm going to be the mother. I'm going to be the employer. I'm going to be the employee that God uses to finish and accomplish His will in this assignment. That's me. That's me. That's me. We got to resolve that within ourselves. Father, we set ourselves today. This morning, we set ourselves that we will finish. We will wear out the end, not just the beginning. We won't just start something, but we're going to see this thing through and we're going to remain passionate. We're going to have a heart that's going after you. We're going to be as excited. Father, I thank you for the strength to endure, to persevere, to press on, to move forward, to get back up when we're knocked down, to take another step forward when we've been knocked backwards. Father, I thank you that you go before us. You fight for us. And no matter what has happened this last year, no matter what shortfalls we've had, no matter where we've come up short, Father, I thank you that we will see your purpose advanced through our lives. We're not giving up. We're not laying down. Nobody can get us off course except for ourselves. And we continue to press on, push on. You see us through every trial. You see us through every tribulation. You see us through the pressure. You see us in the good times. You see us through the bad times, Father. We thank you for that. And we thank you that we'll finish out this year. We'll finish out our assignment. We'll finish out whatever you've called us to with excitement. We will fight through, push through, advance through what you've called us to do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our ushers are moving now. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand and our ushers will be quick to get you one. If you need an offering envelope, hallelujah.